you now. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of SU Simply Unprofessional. Uh, I'm your host, Libby. Trophy tonight, we got Rob Inquist. I would say hi, but I don't think you're really recording this. I am. You are? Uh-huh. Oh, hi, everybody. It's Rob. <laughs> it surprises you, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, listen, it didn't come out at its normal time, because, yet again, we waited until Thursday before we remembered we had to record one for the week, mm-hmm. and Thursday happened to be my birthday. This yep. will, you know, you guys listening to this, it'll be Friday or whenever you guys get around to listening to it, but, well, technically it's Friday now, but in any case, Thursday the 24th was my birthday. And, I don't know, I, I was just busy most of the day. And yep. it, it was a good birthday. Then, I, I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate everybody who wished me a happy birthday. And my fantastic roommate, Rob, who surprised me, kind of, with cake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, between, it was too suspicious. Being... I was trying to go out on my own with too suspicious. Yeah. I yeah. tried to, like, give you reasons why, but you were just like, nah, I'm coming with you. <laughs> no, I was like, hey, I need drinks anyway. I'll I'll, I'll drive you. Yeah. You well, know, you never want to go anywhere by yourself. <laughs> so it would have been a different story if I wasn't feeling good today. But then at the same time, if I wasn't feeling good, I probably wouldn't have wanted cake. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. And then B surprised us with pizza. Yeah. For lunch and dinner and breakfast, lunch and dinner tomorrow, and possibly lunch and dinner Saturday. It's <laughs> there's a lot of pizza. Um so yes, I, I, I you know, I thank everybody. It was it was a good, you know, relaxing birthday. Um and yeah. Um yep, as far as then... SU this week yeah, I was gonna do it with Donnie. <laughs> I was gonna do it with Donnie, uh, but he's in here. I'll tell him you said that. He's still not home yet. Yeah. When was the last time you heard from him? I haven't heard from him at all today. Oh. Last night was the last time I heard from him. Well. So yeah, you guys are gonna <clears throat> do an SU on one of the random shows that you guys watch together, or whatever. But I figured, eh, fuck it. It's 3 a.m. Friday morning. This usually comes out at 1.01 a.m., so I'm only a couple hours late. Most everybody who usually listens is already sleeping anyway. But, I don't know. I figured we could just shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. 
I noticed you were playing uh, the Marvel game on Steam. I tried to play the Marvel game. It froze at, at the beginning. It wouldn't let me do anything. Like I had to try to do stuff from my other screen to make it even close. <laughs> so I did not end up playing. I wonder why. Because you, <laughs> I don't know. You were able to play it before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the loading screen had the little bar and it stopped around like I'd say eighty percent and then just did nothing for and I didn't notice because I was also watching TV waiting for it to load and then I was like, wait, this has been at eighty percent for like half an hour almost. So then I tried to get it to close and then I tried to use the task manager, but the task manager wouldn't come up on the other screen. It would only come up on the screen where the game was frozen. It's like, oh my god. Man. Yeah. Eventually I managed to get it to close, but it took a while. So, we've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3. And before that came out, we were playing a lot of... Me and you, definitely, we we, we put in some time into that Marvel. Mm-hmm. The Marvel game. What's it called? Marvel Midnight Suns? Midnight Suns, yeah. Um, I mean, heck, I have... I mean, not nearly as much as Baldur's Gate, but I have... Uh, all just shy of 56 hours invested in Midnight Suns. Mm. Um, I mean, if, if, if you don't know what Marvel Midnight Suns is, is essentially you, you create a character, an avatar, and you're like this, uh, I don't know, this, this champion that in history, you, you, so you're Lilith's son or child, Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she uh, real simplified, she became bad. You had to essentially beat her slash kill her, but it, you also died in the process, I guess. And then, so the Midnight I'm Suns. Assuming there's more to that that I don't know because part of it is like Doctor Strange and. Uh, Wiccan and stuff trying to undo your un yeah do your memories right um so the midnight <laughs> suns which is a, which is a group of individuals um i believe it consists of doctor strange uh well no magic doctor strange is one of the avengers <laughs> i know but he's part of the midnight suns group um the, the club the- well, that that's the, the whatever the goth kids or whatever they yeah, call themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he he's actually because they do talk about them as the Avengers because okay. the the Midnight Suns was there is just um, Magic Blade, uh, Ghost Rider, uh, the other girl whose name escapes me, the Magic one that uses the staff uh, from the Runaways. Yeah, I don't choose to be part of the runaways. Uh, and uh, you're basically aunt who was basically your pseudo mother, right? Who's an actual character in the right in the comics. And, and uh, uh, what's her name? The other witch, the ghost witch. Oh, uh, Agatha, Agatha, yeah. From it was Agatha oh, all along. The same, that's the same Agatha, technically, the Scarlet <laughs> Witch, too, right? Oh, yeah, yep, Scarlet Witch. Um, so in any case, yeah. So you're this champion. They ended up Lilith ends up coming back, like some Hydra goons perform like this magical ritual and and open up a Lilith c- casket and she comes back. 
So the Midnight Suns decide because there's like a prophecy involved or something. Uh, they resurrect your avatar, your your champion that you create. Yeah, yeah they end up working together with the Avengers because the Avengers get attacked by Lilith basically when she comes back. Right. So that's how Doctor Strange and Iron Man and uh, uh, Captain Marvel get involved. Right. Um, <laughs> so along the way, you do missions. Kind of like if you've ever played XCOM. You know, there's... There's a war room. You go up to this table. You choose which mission you want to do. The mission has rewards. Some missions have specific characters that you have to take with you, but generally you always get to take th- you you get to take three people on a mission. Um, and I, what I found really neat about this is it is a it, it does play a lot like XCOM. You can move around. You can interact with objects. Uh. But you have a certain number of actions that you can do uh, in your turn. And you also get a, a, a deck of cards, essentially, that, you know, they're, they're, they're like 10 cards each or whatever that, you know, each, each character has as a deck. And you can acquire new cards and change out cards, however, you know, whatever suits your play style. And so at the beginning of, you know, at the beginning of a combat thing, yeah, it's you draw cards. It's kind of like a combo between XCOM and um Damn, I just had it. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. If never, you've ever played that. Never played. Well, it's that's the kind of the same thing where you draw cards and like Donald and Goofy and Sora can do moves based on what cards Got you it. have. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I was kind of confused about that at first, but then it like it clicked, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of the game. Um, and in after you're done the mission, you get to run around this little compound area, uh, and you can pick up supplies. There's a training yard, so you can spar with people. Uh, there's a pool and you, you get to like hang out with certain individuals to increase your, your reputation and your relationships with them. Um, and then I found out that as you know, there's, there's like a forge area where you mainly, you see Stark and Dr. Strange. Mm. And that's like their little area where they tinker with stuff. Um, and then there's the war room. And, one of the forge things that I found that, that you can build is when you get essentially a character to a relationship five or higher mm-hmm. uh, with your with the champion person that you are, that unlocks a special mission that you can take them on. It's like a challenge. That mm-hmm. you, you have to play as the person that you, you know, you raised your reputation or whatever up to five. And you get to unlock their Midnight Suns outfit. Uh. Which I think is neat. Uh, that's another aspect of this game is you can change outfits and you can unlock outfits. But the outfits actually sometimes do stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have different abilities sometimes. Yeah. Kind of like magical armor, basically. Yeah. And... Uh, one cool thing is, so there's another aspect of the game where you can kind of like, 
and I mean, I, I hearken this back all the way to Final Fantasy Tactics, but also XCOM, I believe you can do this, is you can go talk to Miss Marvel, and as long as you have intelligence caches, and you, you, you have little side missions that you can send individual people out on to accomplish mm-hmm. for small rewards and little things like that. Uh, and that's also how you unlock cards for them. But a cool part on that is the people who come back from those missions, and I think maybe the people that you train with end up getting little bonuses. So the next time you choose an actual group mission to go on, uh, it'll show you like the roster of characters that you have unlocked. And they have little green arrows pointing up saying, okay, this person has a, a buff, you mm-hmm. know, or, or yeah. something. Training. I know for sure the training does it. I don't yeah. know about the, the um, little side. I know the side missions give that person new abilities and cards. But. Yeah. So then like, like, I know, like, specifically with, like, Iron Man, you know, when I chose him one time, it's you get to draw two extra cards for two turns at the beginning of your turn, Mm -hmm. which is really nice. And then the cards have either, you know, your PowerPoint generators or your PowerPoint spenders. Uh, So your generating moves, you'll earn PowerPoints. And I think they go up to 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you have certain cards that might require a a specific number of power points. Like uh, you end up unlocking like uh, duo combo cards where, you know, you could have, you know, Ghost Rider and Blade on the same team. And they might have a combo card together that does a lot of damage but it costs five combo points or five five power points or whatever. Yeah. And so in that way, it's kind of like Diablo, I suppose, where some of your attacks generate resources for other attacks, kind of. I mean, I, I yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it's more like magic, except you're not tapping into lands; you're using cards to create. Yeah. The, I mean, I feel like there's another game out there that does this same system almost, but I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what that is. Um, <laughs> is it Pokemon? I know that's kind of like no. don't they do that where they draw energy I, I have no idea. into pools? Uh, no, I thought you could play thinking, that. I was thinking about another card game that kind of does this. Yeah, Pokemon card game is what oh, I was talking I about. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I thought I thought you played that with Flex and then. Yeah, one day. Uh, well, I'm I'm not a Pokemon's master by any means. <laughs> um, any case, so yeah, that's that's essentially that's a really nutshell condensed version of what Midnight Suns is. It's very fun. Um, you get to see it's a it's you know there's some cool storylines. There's some cool animations involved with like mm-hmm. some of their moves and stuff that they do. It's very flashy. Uh, I will say the one part that does kind of get to me, and it, it is kind of repetitive, is you get to do one mission per day. Yeah. So you might have a roster of, say, 12 people, but you can only do one mission a day. And then after that mission, you come back, and then it's, quote-unquote, the nighttime. So you can do a hangout session and then pretty much go to sleep. And then you can wake up 
run around, do your training, do your war room, do your forge stuff, pick another mission, this, that, the other thing, go out, come back, and then it's nighttime again. So there is a lot of, like, story stuff and non-combat stuff uh, in between. Yeah. I feel like it would be better if they were like, okay, so these three went out on this mission, so you can't use them the same day for another mission, but you could use three other people for a right. different mission the same day. Like, I feel it would be better if they had done that. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Uh, that way you're also gaining extra supplies and, you know, things like that. Because, like, I, I run out of, like, intel caches a lot. And I find it's like, okay, well, this, this mission has an intel cache as a reward, but I'm also really low on, you know, these things that I need. So then you have to weigh your options of which mission that you want to do. And then other missions or like story missions are locked behind other specific missions. It's, it gets crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, I do like the mechanic that I only just discovered. What's that? I'm sure you know about it, where if you beat a boss character, then that boss character can arrive randomly on the side missions to mm -hmm. attack you. I was just like, because freaking Venom just appeared out of nowhere on one of my little side missions, and I was like, what the hell? Yep. Um, trying to think. Uh, also... There's a thing, like like Rob said earlier, there's like little side story things where like they're trying to unlock your memories uh, so you learn a bit more about this prophecy and who you are. Um, and then like you, you had, they all live in like this church thing, like this cathedral area. Yeah. Um, and then the cathedral are, is on like a, like a, like a big estate Thing. I think they call it the Abbey. So I that, think it's yeah, the, the Abbey. Abbey. Yeah. And it's on like this big estate, so you can actually wander around outside the Abbey, and you can find chests that have different various loot. Um, yeah, and, and as you unlock you more powers, powers, you yeah, you unlock more of the grounds, so it gets even bigger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Marvel Midnight Suns, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a very fun game. But, again, I've put in literally just shy. I put in, like, 55.9 hours into Marvel Midnight Suns. And then Baldur's Gate 3 came out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Baldur's Gate 3 came out August 3rd. Okay, is now the 25th. I have put in a total of 301.6 hours into Baldur's Gate 3. Jesus. Uh, I love this game. I have several different save files going on in this game. I have a, a game with me, Rob, and Donnie. I have a game mm -hmm. with just me and Rob. I have several solo games. I have a game where I'm playing purely with all the good guys, and I'm I'm trying to be like a very... No, I won't say law-abiding, because that is the one where I'm playing a rogue thief, but I'm doing like all of like the morally good choices. And then I'm I have a game where you know you play this other character who's one of like the pickable characters like already pre-built called the urge or the dark the dark urge or something like that and uh, that one I'm playing 
the most crazy messed up like bad guy playthrough uh that is imaginable <laughs> um so and it is fun and like like I understand like 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 Rob mentioned one time cuz I had asked him I was like dude why don't you just skip through a lot of the dialogue cuz you know you've read it a million times already like we these conversations that we've 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 read before but like Rob said all these people who have dialogue options they say different things depending on the option and then there's just different outcomes depending on the option so yep. in, in a lot of his playthroughs he'll choose different options um and just like D&D you know you actually have to you know you roll dice to determine the outcome of certain actions that you take. Uh, there are, I know we did a Baldur's Gate kind of e- episode where we talked about all the various classes and races that you can be. Um, so far, the farthest I've gotten is just kind of into dipping my toe into Act 2, I think. Um, the majority of my playthroughs are still in Act 1. Uh, and... That's how much time I've played. This Act 1, there's a lot of stuff to do in Act 1, but um, as Rob can probably attest, uh, at least in me, his, and Donnie's game, I, I kind of take the lead a lot and say, okay, well, this is well, let's go do this next, and then after that we're going to go do this, then after that we'll do this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I try to do it where I know okay, well, if we go here and we do this, that's going to be a quest that this person gives us so we can get this, we can get the stuff we need for this quest while uh, completing this other quest. So I try to save time a lot by doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I try to do a, a circle around the map, but in the same aspect, avoiding certain fights that are problematic and difficult at at specific levels um like for instance the hag fight uh, i won't say the character's name for people who want to you know play it um that way it's not a spoiler for them but like the hag fight i personally wouldn't want to go into that fight at minimum i i would want to be level five so that way, like your martial fighters, your your barbarians, your fighters, your paladins, uh, monks, uh, they all have their extra attack because you're gonna need it. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, it's, but it's, like depending it's on how long fight. you wait to to do that fight, you can have different outcomes even from right. the beginning. Because right. like me, the, the 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 playthrough that me and Webby did, we ended up with the fight. Uh, basically near the beginning and then the one that me, Webby, and Donnie did, we had to go through a whole thing to get to the fight. Like, a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say too much to give too much right. away, but... Right. Um, but, and then, like, kind of like in D&D, um, you can take short rests and long rests. You have a camp and your camp scenery changes depending on where you decide to camp. So, like, if you're out in the wilderness, you'll have a campsite that's just kind of in the wilderness area. Uh, If you decide to take a long rest in a, like, inside of a structure, like a temple or something, then your campsite will look like it's inside of a temple. 
you can have two short rests per day, and then obviously your long rest. Um, short rests, you get half your max hit points back. So if you're almost dead, technically you can just do two short rests in a row and pretty much heal your people up to full. Um, if you have a bard in your party, you can technically you can have three, three short rests. That is true. Um, and, and, like, obviously, you know, if you are a D&D nerd, then you know, like, warlocks get stuff back on a short rest. Fighters get back stuff on a short rest. Like, very important things to them. Uh, other than that, like, you know, like your other spellcasters, your wizards, sorcerers, and stuff, they get their spell slots back on a long rest. So, you really have to differentiate your playstyle a lot based on that. And I found that in the various walkthroughs or, or playthroughs, depending on how you want to play your character and what kind of character you want to play, uh, really kind of determines who you take as companions. Because you're allowed to have a party of four. Mm. Um, Shadowheart is a godsend character to have in your party. They are a cleric. They're a great healer, though I do highly recommend anybody who is playing Baldur's Gate 3, and if you take Shadowheart into your camp, you can get an NPC that will stay at your camp really early on in the game. His name is Withers. That's all you need to know. <sighs> and you can pay to essentially respec a character. So, technically, if you made a character and you're like, oh, I want to try to play a bard, and then by, like, level 3, you're like, I'm not really vibing with the bard thing, so I'd rather be a rogue, I think. You just go pay with her some gold and respect into rogue. You do you. Um, but I would keep Shadowheart a cleric, but change her subclass, her domain, into being a life cleric. Uh, side note, in my Dark, the Dark Urge evil campaign that I'm going through, Rob. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I killed Shadowheart in that game. Uh, and I, I'm only taking some of the people who are like more agreeable with bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I needed a healer. And so I, I hired a hireling, which you can also do at Withers. Now a hireling, they don't have a reputation or, 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 you know, um, they have no storyline. Basically, they're yeah, just no storyline. Yeah, they're just a body. They're a class. They're a predetermined class. I don't even. I don't know if you can respect them even. Uh, well, one thing I was going to say before we get too far away from it is, if you don't like Shadowheart, if her character is like doesn't vibe, you could change one of the other NPCs into a cleric instead of taking her with you if you want to. True. Um, but what I was going to say is the cleric that I hired as a hireling starts off as a, you get him stock as a, a light cleric. And man, the light cleric's not bad. Uh, they have a reaction kind of like cutting words. Mm -hmm. It's called like solar flare or something where uh, anybody who attacks you can essentially use a reaction to solar flare once per turn 
and cause that attack to have disadvantage, um, which is handy. Then they get really powerful, like daylight spell and soul and and and, and sun flare or sunbeam, and um, they're they're very good healers and very good utility slash damage dealers. I feel I'm very happy with my. I do not like the way they look. I think they look they look like a chode. But yeah. Uh again, I don't know if you can actually respect the hirelings though. I haven't tried. Maybe you can. Um so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got to say about Baldur's Gate 3. Do you have a favorite now that we've actually played through some of it? Do you have a favorite uh, NPC character. Mm, not really. No. Do you have a no. Do you have a least favorite? Uh, no, not really that either. Really? Uh, well, the farthest we've gotten is me, you, and Donnie's game, and the only NPC we deal with is Shadowheart because it's the three of us as the party. So I haven't really—I've only gotten just gotten to the Grove in my solo game, so I haven't really interacted with them a lot. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I know I know most people don't really care for Lazel. Lazel's kind of a very... well. Uh, Lazel's a jerk, but like I remember yeah. playing like with her in the beta and like if you take her with you to the that's why I, w- I asked if we were going to take her to see the the other gith yankee but like she starts to change her attitude eventually if you work on her but yeah but she still has that very stern like militaristic matter of fact kind of attitude too mm. she warms up to you but she's still like very to the point like mm. um i got to say my favorite character it's it's not even in a question, Carlac. Mm. I love me, Carlac. She's a tiefling barbarian, and just her mannerisms, her voice lines, she's 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 just to, to me, she's the best character in the game. Personally, um, I will say the Dark Urge. When you get that unlocked, and you can play as the Dark Urge character. It is a dragonborn. You can make them change color of the dragonborn or whatever, but it does have to be a dragonborn, I believe. Um, they do end up having very unique dialogue options um, just by being them. Mm-hmm. And they're usually pretty bad outcome dialogue options. <laughs> it's like, oh, give in to this urge of some fashion. And then something bad happens. <laughs> so, yeah. But otherwise, I'm glad that I've turned... Rob has turned into a little loot goblin. Yep. He will pick up wooden spoons and cups and sell them for a single gold <laughs> coin. Yep. Um, so, yeah. He's, he's, he's so much so, he's to the point where he will kill something in combat and then loot it in combat and then continue combat so that way when combat's over and the rest of us go and search the bodies they're all fucking empty mm-hmm. well it doesn't cost anything to search them while you're in combat so why not I mean that's fair <laughs> so but, but yeah uh... 
I don't know, like, usually I go by, like, favorite character by who, like, I'd want to romance the most. But normally, like, I mean, it's weird, I guess, but, like, I'm more attracted to, like, like, fighter-type guys. Like, the, the ones that are, like, yeah, I'm here, like, I'm gonna kick ass, I'm here to protect you. Whereas all the male NPCs are more, like, they're all, like, spellcasters. They're more, like, squishy, like... I, mean, yeah, not, I need you to protect a, me kind of guys. Not a Starian. Yeah, but he's still like, I don't know. I mean, he's a rogue. Yeah, but he's like, he's very feminine in his mannerisms. I don't know. I just like all of them are kind of just like, meh. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> like all the girls are the tough, like the fighters, the barbarian, the cleric, like all the damn, I'm going to kick your ass type of, <laughs> type of characters, which are the ones I really like. And I'm just like, um... <laughs> that's fair I will say in in my good playthrough um, mm -hmm. where, I, where I'm playing the rogue now mind you I normally don't take Gale I don't know I just normally don't care for Gale very much mm -hmm. um, but I decided he was going to be one of my main party members so my party consists of Gale Carlac and Will mm -hmm. no that's not right that's my druid party. Uh, Gale, Carlac, and Shadowheart is that party. Uh -huh. And uh, I, I, I uh, you know, I, I don't romance Gale, but I try to be friendly with him, you know, because uh -huh. I, I like being, you know, I like having them all like me, you know, as, as friends. Uh -huh. And then I made it to somewhere in Act 2. And I had a conversation with, I had, I, I think I had just uh, romanced Carlac. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next day, we're in the middle of this town. And all of a sudden, literally out of nowhere, an exclamation point pops up over Gail's head. And I was like, okay. So I talked to Gail. He's like, listen. You gotta stop leading me on. You gotta choose between me or Carlac. I was like, what? <laughs> what have I done to that even remotely has led you on? I have turned you down at every possible turn for all of your advances. And then well. I was just like, yeah, I choose Carlac. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's sad, but I'm not gonna leave unless you ask me to. And I was like, I don't want you to. I want you to stay. And he's like, well... I guess I'd rather be your friend than nothing. And I was like, <laughs> now you're trying to guilt me into this romance. I don't like this, Gail. <clears throat> so I don't know what's up with him. And the hmm. whole thing is, is like, the thing that really kicked me off on that is like, he all of a sudden had a problem that I romanced another NPC. Mm -hmm. He, for some reason, thought I was leaving him on. Mm -hmm. But his whole thing is he's supposed to be in love with Mistra, the goddess of magic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I have this hair stuck. Oh, okay, I got it. I was going to say, I have a hair stuck on my tongue and I can't get it. <clears throat> but, yeah, yeah, so Baldur's Gate 3, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's an, a phenomenal game. Yeah, me I think too. the the gameplay is great. The camera angles can get a little wonky, take a little get used to. Um, but 
Larian Studios did a great job with this game. Uh, the Divinity games were were really fun to play, and this mm-hmm. is this is this plays just like those pretty much. Um, I think the stories are great in this, and uh, you know, I, I I think it it really says something when you have a game where you can have so many different playthroughs. And and the and you feel like the replay value is just that high, then to me that's a great game. You know, I, I feel like that's maybe you know that's part of the reason I think I loved Diablo three so much is to me the replay value was really high with Diablo three. That was mm-hmm. one of the games where it's like okay, I'm just in the mood to just watch stuff explode. You know, so I'm just gonna mindlessly twirl around on a map and blow stuff up in Diablo 3 for a while and uh, you know this game you have to like just like in real D&D man you gotta like strategize you can go in there with just brute force and, and, and attack a problem but it doesn't always work out for you so sometimes you have to actually you come across these characters or the, these enemies that you fight and you have to like positioning means something. Um, your party, your group makeup might mean something. Uh, it's just it's it's crazy how many different factors. Again, just like in D and D, make a make a difference in this game, you know. And I I, I just I really appreciate that in a game. Yeah. So. I don't think that you have to be a D&D fan to enjoy the game, but I think if you are a fan of D&D and you know stuff about D&D, I think it will make the game slightly more enjoyable and easier for you. Um, you might not feel as daunted you know, and overwhelmed when you make a character and then you have your little taskbar at the bottom with all these different abilities and stuff because you'll at least know what a lot of that stuff means. You know. So. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, we're we're right around the forty minute mark. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about tonight, Rob? We're just kind of vibing. Need uh, one thing I was gonna say earlier um, about the Marvel Midnight Suns. The reason the way Webby got me because I was watching him play it, and then he's like, "Look." You could romance the. I think you could romance the characters in this, and I was like, "Oh, really?" Because <laughs> they had like the little heart mechanic where you could, and then like basically you can take each one on dates since they're basically dates. Yeah. But you can't actually romance. It's more like just friendship things, which it turned out to be. But I was like, "Oh, you can, huh?" <laughs> but it uh, it was a, it was a great game regardless. So, Rob, you you you're just you're such a horn dog. Listen, I want what I can't have in real life. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah. And then after he started playing it, all we got in Discord was just screenshot after screenshot of <laughs> fucking the guy who plays Ghost Rider. Yeah, it was my character in Ghost Rider by the pool in the little skimpy... Is it suit. Reyes or something? 
Ronnie yeah. Reyes or something. I forget his first name. It's not Johnny Blades. It's not that one. No. Though he is in it. Yeah. But. Uh, all right. I know I kind of sprung this on you last minute. Um, do you have a science corner ready? No. You know what? You knew that you and Donnie were going to have to do this. You should have yeah. had a science corner ready. Listen. You're a procrastinator. Yeah. Stop it. I am. But you need to have these things prepped. Lock, cock, ready to go. Ready to rock. I fucked up that saying. Man, it's almost 4 a.m. I'm very tired. <laughs> All right, well, say something sciencey. Uh, people think that octopuses might be extraterrestrials. There you go. And that's not really sciencey, but that's dumb. <laughs> They're just sea creatures. No way are they extra. No, no way are they aliens. Uh, oh, uh, India recently landed on the moon, on the moon's south pole, the first ones to have ever done it. Fake news. Oh, okay. Just like the original moon landing. It was all staged. Right. Right. Russia also tried to land something on the moon and it crashed into it. Yeah, because that's what happens when you send things to the moon. It'll just crash into the moon. You got you got to film that in some sort of back room on really grainy film. That's all. Listen, I'm very tired. That's all I gotta say. I'm so tired I might not be able to post this right now. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was science corner life advice with Webby because Devin's not here. Is I we gotta get Devin back. I gotta get Devin back. I need to find Devin on eBay so he can do this life advice. Cause man, my life—you know—actually, my life's going pretty good right now. I'm I'm working on the things that need work, and 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 otherwise, you know, I, I'm in a, I'm in a better spot than I was, let's say, a year ago at this point, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really don't have... I, I, I ain't got nothing to complain about. Um, you know, there's there's starving kids in Ethiopia. So that's all I gotta say. That's what my dad always used to tell me. is like, anytime you feel bad, feel like life has, you know, is kicking you down, just think of all the kids in hospitals over the, across the world who who have just been dealt a, sh a shittier hand than you and they're facing it. They're being strong and, uh, you know, they're doing their best to keep a smile on their faces. So, I mean, that's really the least that you can do is, you know, when you feel like you're really struggling, just try to smile, you know? Uh, I actually learned or, 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 or uh, 
you know, we talked in therapy how uh, when you smile, even if it's a fake smile, it actually, because like there's a, there's like a bunch of nerve endings, like there's an insane amount of nerve endings in your, like around your mouth and your lips, that when you smile, whether it's fake or not, it actually triggers something in your brain. Mm-hmm. And and it releases something in your brain that makes it think like, oh, the face is smiling. There's 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 something that is causing, you know, this this euphoria or this this happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you do it enough, it, it's I guess maybe that's the whole like fake it till you make it aspect, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. I will say that is definitely, I don't feel like that's a long-term fix. Uh, and, and you know, it might not work for everybody, but hey, who knows? Even if you're having a really cruddy day, your smile could potentially prevent somebody else from having a really cruddy day themselves. You know, mm-hmm. I'm ready for bed. Yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, rapid fire AI stuff. Uh, AIs can now decode speech from brain activity with surprising accuracy. AI can identify people even in anonymized databases. And AI that can mimic how animals smell can recognize scents better than other kinds of AI and linking sense of touch to facial movements inches robots towards feeling pain. Those all sound like very bad things. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have yeah. fun. Also, hold on, but if robots... Okay, if they're going to try to have... First off, why would anybody want a robot to be able to feel pain? <laughs> I that's just the, the headline I'm assuming it's clickbait it's probably means sensing pain like being able to tell if people are in pain from facial expression oh, okay yeah because like <laughs> I don't know like I always thought it'd be cool like in Futurama like if they could like extract my brain but also like my personality and the, my soul like my essence of who I am and what makes me me mm-hmm <laughs> And essentially just put that inside of a robot. That would be right. dope. Mm. You know, where I just don't feel pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that would be awesome. Um, I do think that that would lead to another whole slew of problems in my life. <laughs> and probably lead to a small incline or a small decline in my depression, but then gradually a very steep incline in my depression over time. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, where can people find you, Rob? That's all, that's all we're going to do for this week. Uh, you can find me at uh, confessor underscore x and on uh, at on Twitter and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash confessor x. I'm also very. T- I had to get up early this morning and I was up late the night before. Early, yeah. you woke up at eleven fifty. Yeah, but I didn't go to bed until like six, so it was only like five hours of sleep. Uh, I'm running on three. 
listen, you're you're more used to not having sleep than me. That does not I usually sleep better. eight to nine hours every day. That's... I'm just saying I'm tired. I could be tired too, buddy. I yeah, could be tired yeah, too. You can. You just you always say I had to wake up early. I woke up at noon. That's early for you. Fine, I won't say that anymore. No, I just think nope. that maybe if you didn't go to, <laughs> you know, if you if you went to bed a little earlier, then you wouldn't be so used to waking up at five p.m. Yeah, but it's it's almost four o'clock now. I know. And we're both still awake. Yeah, so if you woke up at noon tomorrow, that's eight hours of sleep. Yeah, but so certain someone hasn't even got home yet. I get that. But <laughs> if you went to bed at four, my my thing is if you went to bed at four, you wouldn't wake up at noon. You'd be waking up at like three or four tomorrow. No, yeah, I don't sleep yeah. that long. Sometimes you do, but. I know because I am awake and bored and just wanting to play Baldur's Gate with you. (laughs) And you're in there sleeping. Yep. I think I'm just jealous that you're sleeping. Yeah, you need to sleep more is what it is. Yeah. All right. So as 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 always, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word, on Twitch at DM Webby, on eBay at looking for Devin, please send help. Um we hope nope. you enjoyed the episode. We love you. Be safe. Be kind, I was wrong. everybody. You were wrong? I was wrong. I'm reading the article. They want the robots to feel pain. <laughs> well, this is, this is bad. <laughs> this, yeah, it doesn't seem like a good idea. I just don't understand why. This goes back to the whole Reddit question. Like, why was that one time sensitive? I don't know. It says a robot with a sense of touch may one day feel pain, both its own physical pain and empathy for the pain of its human companions. That is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. They're literally just trying to make metal humans. And they're probably not even going to be metal. A lot of it, it's probably all going to be like. Rubbers, yeah. prosthetics, and plastics. And Sensors embedded in the soft artificial skin can detect both gentle touch and pain. a painful thump have been hooked up to a robot that can then signal emotions. This is opening up a whole slew of doors, like a mm-hmm. whole row of mm-hmm. doors that should not be opened. I agree. God dang it. Anyway. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We love you. Fuck Booster Gold. I don't have the outro Fuck music. Booster right. Gold. Well, I'm a bad person. Uh, here's the outro music now. Uh, yeah, Fuck Booster Gold. It's happening about where it's high. Let's go up from nine to five. The outro doesn't have... It does when I do it, because that's the only version I have. Uh, They're gonna have to wait until the morning to get this episode because I'm going. I, I can't even keep my eyes open. Okay.